0: the Word of God to Genesis 28. We'll start there as we uh, do another lesson in our uh, chronological study through the Bible. We're in Genesis 28, Genesis 28. And we'll begin by reading verses 1 through 5. Genesis. And, uh, Genesis 28, 1 through 5. says this in the Word of God. Genesis 28, beginning verse 1, says, And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him And said unto him, "'Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. "'Arise, go to Pedanaram, to the house of Bethuel, "'thy mother's father, "'and take thee a wife from thence "'of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. "'And God Almighty bless thee.' And make thee fruitful and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And Isaac sent away Jacob, and he went to Padanaram unto Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Syrian, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau's mother. Let's pray again, please. Again, Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that we do have the Word of God. And amazing, Lord, how we can uh, just turn to it and see how you were working in the lives thousands of years ago and draw encouragement from that and say, Lord, you still want to do big things in and through people's lives. Lord, if we'll just uh, (coughs) get saved and then, Lord, just jump into the middle of your will. Uh, Dear God, you desire to do things in us and through us. And so, Lord, help us to be encouraged about what we uh, read and study in the Word of God. Help us to love the Word of God and to love you. Thank you for loving us, uh, dear God. And Lord, help us again never to get over what uh, uh, you did in our life that day that you came by and lifted us in your love and mercy and grace. Again, we pray for each one that's listening tonight, each one that's here, that you'd bless them through thy word. Lord, we think of the many, again, the many that are sick among us. Uh, Dear God, please touch them. Sister Sarah, uh, Lord, uh, Brother uh, Pitt. And Lord, we think of, again, this uh, Lady Stephanie that was mentioned uh, uh, this morning. Lord, we think of little Robert. Uh, Touch his sickness tonight. Lord, be with the McLeans. Uh, Lord, again, as they're uh, traveling and they're down there with loved ones. And Lord, uh, help each one. Again, we think of our young people and others that need to make important decisions uh, in their life. Uh, Dear God, help them to seek you and uh, uh, seek proper counsel in the decisions that need to be made. Lord, that your will would be done, uh, dear God, and you'd uh, get glory thereby. And Lord, uh, they would uh, get the help that they need through the decisions that are made. Now again, Lord, uh, help us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, we've looked at uh, Abraham, of course, and uh, Isaac, and now we're going to get in a little focus a little bit more on Jacob, Uh, Jacob. And so, uh, boy, that, of course, you know, Jacob had his twin brother Esau, but uh, Jacob was that uh, uh, the, the scoundrel one, you might say, the devising brother. Of course, he was the second born of the twins. And of course, uh, both the children had the same background. And as we mentioned before, little review, one grew to love God while the other looked down upon spiritual things. You know, it's amazing. People born in the same family get the same instruction, but how they can turn out so uh, a difference. So don't assume just because you're uh, giving uh, children the same instruction uh, that they're going to make the same decisions. That's why you need to make sure you give that instruction and you're praying over your children uh, constantly that they'll uh, follow that instruction, make decisions uh, based upon that uh, destruction instruction. Well, if they don't make it on the destruction, they'll lead to destruction right there, right? And so, you know, here Jacob, uh, uh, his father's given him direction concerning marriage. And boy, we need to encourage parents <laughs> that matter. I mean, children, no matter what age you are, you know, that you uh, uh, seek your parents guidance uh, in marriage. You know, uh, the world teaches, you know, they think, well, when they're 18, you're an adult and all that stuff. You know, hey, OK, uh, maybe. Maybe you are uh, illegally, but that doesn't mean you can just run off and you know, you know. All of a sudden, you know, you wake up on your 18th birthday, and all of a sudden, you got all this wisdom poured into you. You still need uh, 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 to seek the counsel of your parents. And besides, that's a you know, man made that law that when you're 18, you know, uh, you know, you're a man or you're a woman and you're independent, all that stuff. And hey, there might be some good things for that and getting some things done in this life. But uh, listen, uh, if you ever think that uh, you don't need counsel, In your life, I don't care what age you are, you know. Uh, You know, I'm uh, uh, 56 and, uh, you know, been in that ministry for years. But listen, I make no important decisions without uh, counsel. Even if I pray about something and think I know what the Lord's will is about something. You know, when God calls me, even when God called me to this church or called me to a ministry, you know. I I still sought counsel of of, of other men of God and asked people to pray for me in those things. So don't ever think you're beyond uh, uh, counsel, whatever stage you are, but especially in those younger years when you're making those life-changing decisions. You know, seek the counsel uh, of your parents. Seek the counsel of uh, godly people that God has put into your life. Young ladies, amen. Of course, go to your parents and uh, uh, godly women in the church and things like that and ask them to pray for a young man uh, as well. And uh, I'm sure you have people praying for you. And of course, uh, uh, I pray for you. But hey, it's important to uh, get that counsel and parents important for you to give again uh, that instruction uh, to guide them. And so uh, we saw how, how uh, Jacob, how as he grew up, how he treated uh, his, his uh, brother. Again, uh, Esau, of course, he became the skilled hunter and, and the favorite of Isaacs, while Jacob, again, was the quiet type, and uh, he enjoyed uh, uh, hanging out with uh, 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 mom. And Jacob, of course, Jacob connived to get his famished brother to trade his birthright. And, of course, that was important because it applied to certain advantages and privileges and responsibilities. When you study that in the Old Testament, that there was a a great responsibility and great privilege uh, to being the firstborn. But, of course, uh, Jacob was that deceitful son. So we saw uh, 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 when, uh, when Isaac, he wanted to bless Esau, that Rebekah overheard that and that he was going to bestow the blessing upon Esau. And, of course, we saw how she plotted with Jacob. Now, again, that shows, listen, if they would have trusted God, God had already said that he had a plan in that thing. And so they should have just uh, trusted the Lord with it. But they took matter into their own hands. But despite that, the will of God was still was still done. And of course, uh, uh, he, Isaac got deceived by Jacob and he received, Jacob ended up receiving that blessing. And then of course, uh, Esau discovered what happened and he got mad. And of course, uh, he wanted to kill his, his brother. And so uh, uh, they, uh, they tell him, uh, J, uh, Isaac and Rebekah tell him to, uh, to flee and then to go get a wife uh, from Rebekah's brother. So, Uh, Let's look here. We read the first five verses, but let's drop down to uh, Genesis 28 and look at verses 10 through 16. So uh, Jacob leaves and then we see what happens as he's on his way and in his journey. And so it says that Jacob went out from Beersheba. And went toward Haran and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now notice this, and he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God, notice this, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. Now here, now Jacob had just done a bunch of deceitful things, but yet God still comes by and blesses him. And we'll notice something there in a minute. Verse 14, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and the east and to the north. Of course, he's passing on the Abrahamic covenant into the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is just what he said to Abraham. And when we saw that in Genesis 12, one through three, he said, and behold, I am with thee. And will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee. Until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Verse 16, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Boy, I think that's a lot of people's testimony when they leave church. Amen. The Lord is in this place, and I knew it. Hey, We want to know, hey, when the Lord is in a certain place. So Jacob leaves Beersheba and starts towards Haran. After a long, hard journey, he arrives at Bethel. We just sang that song. Amen. Some 40 miles from Beersheba and using a stone for a pillow. Jacob soon falls, of course, into that exhausted sleep. And it says he dreams a dream about the ladder with the angels ascending and descending. Now, it's interesting to study angels. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that angels are ministering spirits. And we saw that, how often that God sent angels to minister to people and bring messages to people. Now, they didn't bring the gospel, amen, but again, they they often brought important messages uh, to people when God wanted to do uh, something in their life, right? Abraham received blessings from angels and even Lot, as bad as he was, God sent angels. There uh, to deliver Lot. And now Jacob was going to share in the blessing of, uh, have, uh, of uh, uh, getting a, a, a thought uh, from the angels there. Now it's interesting, notice that ladder, it went from earth to heaven and the angels ascended and descended. Now I'll turn over to John chapter 1 and let us notice something very interesting concerning uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and what happens there. John chapter 1. And we'll read verses 43 and 51. Now, this is where Nathanael comes to Jesus. Notice John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. It says, Now the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael. Amen. Well, that's a good thing to do. Once you found Jesus, go find somebody else for Jesus, especially your uh, 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 loved ones. It says, and findeth Nathanael and say to him, we have found him. Amen. Well, isn't that a great thing you can say to somebody, hey, man, listen, we found him. Amen of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did right. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And that's what we have to remember. They only had the Old Testament, right? The New Testament was yet to be written. And so again, reminding us that Jesus is all through the word of God. And we see that the latter is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to see an example of that right here in these verses. And Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, notice what Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered, said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Boy, that's an important thing to remember. Hey, you can't escape God. The Bible says, amen, his eyes go to and fro in the earth. The day and the night is the same unto him. We talked this morning how about man likes to go towards darkness. But listen, you might be able to hide from other people. You can't hide from God. You know, the Bible says that the night is the same to God as the day, amen? Gee, hey, when God's in a room, he don't have to flip on the light switch, amen, uh, to see what's going on. He knows what you're doing, amen, uh, in that dark place. He knows what's going on uh, in your life, so he sees you wherever you are. Verse 49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel, Amen. Verse fifty. Jesus answers unto him, because I said unto thee, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. Notice verse fifty-one. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God. Look at this, ascending and descending. Upon the Son of Man. Just like uh, Jacob saw the angels ascending uh, uh, and descending upon that ladder, he's told Nathaniel, Hey, one day you're going to see uh, 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 the angels ascending and descending on the Son of God. Amen. Because Jesus, Amen, He's the only one, Amen, that can reach from heaven to earth. And what a beautiful picture that is. Now, what's kind of interesting is he said to Nathaniel, He said, Behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. That, that word guile means fraud or deceit. Now, what do we know Jacob for? We know Jacob for being full of fraud and deceit. And you know what? That shows the grace of God. Amen. Hey, listen, he, he called out Nathanael who had no guile, and no, no, we know Jacob did. That's what his name meant, right? Subplanter, right? He was known as being deceitful and fraud. And that shows you the Lord is gracious to all, amen? Doesn't matter how good you are, or how good you think you are, or how good you are, or how bad you think you are, amen? God wants to call you out, amen, and do something in your life. So if you're here and you think, well, I have no guile. I'm a pretty good guy. Well, you know what? You still need to come to Jesus. Or if you're sitting here tonight and you think, man, I'm the sorriest thing that ever walked this earth. Hey, God still has something he wants to do uh, in your life you see our relationship amen our relationship with God is about what ascends and descends amen through Jesus Christ amen that's what our relationship's about amen if things descend from God through Jesus Christ into our life and the things from our life are supposed to ascend through Jesus Christ up to God. Our prayers, amen, are through the name of Jesus Christ. Our praise is through Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ, he makes the connection between heaven and earth. And what we need to let things uh, descend from our heart and ascend from our heart and ascend from our mouth to heaven. And we need to allow the blessings of God to come down. But hey, Jesus, it's all through Jesus Christ. What comes to, goes to God through us has to go through Jesus what comes to God for, to us comes through Jesus. Amen. He is the connection. And you see a beautiful picture of that when you see the angels ascending and descending, representing the ministers of God and the blessings of God. And uh, just like we see an example there concerning Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture that is. And so, uh, Jesus gives these, God gives these promises to Jacob. And one of the greatest uh, promises he gave to Jacob is the the same promise he gave to us, right? There in Hebrews, what? I'll never leave thee, amen. I am going to be with you all the days of your life. Boy, he made that promise to Jacob. He made that promise to Moses. He made that promise to Solomon. And he makes that promise to us that he is always going to be with us. So then Jacob awakens awakens and makes a vow. And notice the vow that he, he, he makes there in verses 20 through 22. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. Now, again, as we mentioned before, he's not saying if God will do this, God said he's going to do it. And so basically, he's getting him saying wow, if God's going to do that for me, I'm going to live for him. And again, that's, a, that's exactly what it teaches us in Romans 12, right? Right? It says, uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is what? Your reasonable service. And that what that what does that mean? Your reasonable service. That means you wake up and you realize what Jesus Christ has done in your life. You say, man, look what he's done in my life. Man, if he's going to be that good to me, well, I'm going to sell out. Amen. And go with God all the days of my life. And he says, hey, you do that. And I promise I will never leave you. What a what a what a wonderful thing that is. But I want you to I want you to, to notice what he says in verse 22 and this stone. Which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, right? Bethel, and of all that thou shalt give me, I want you to notice this: I will surely give thee the tenth unto thee, right? The Bible, right, teaches tithing. And tithing. It's tenth. Where do you get well? Why do you where do you get that ten well, percent? Right there, it says tenth. And right, just a little side note or notice, this is before the law. A lot of people think that stuff's uh, giving is, you know, uh, uh, Old Testament stuff and this. But right here, this is long. This is setting a principle uh, here, right? Uh, this is before the, the law was ever established. So it's before the law. It goes through the law. And I believe it, it carries on, amen, to the house of God day. And where does he say that, amen? When he is establishing uh, 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 Bethel. And so the Bible teaches those, teaches those things and we have that responsibility. And there he uses the word 10th. So in spite of that rather pitiful prayer that he prayed, God blesses. Aren't you glad, amen, that God's answers aren't necessarily dependent upon how eloquent our prayers are? You know, a lot of people think for God to answer, you have to have some eloquent uh, 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 prayer. No, listen, we're talking to our father. How many of you talked eloquent to your father when you wanted something from him? Huh? Uh, (laughs) I I, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I can hear hear Isaiah, amen, when he walks in and he wants something from dad. Oh, thou that bearest us by thy grace, thou that provides all that is within this refrigerator, amen, thou that givest me a place to lie my head, amen, thou that makest me do chores that I don't want to do. Would thou please give me, amen, Uh, some money right now? No, (laughs) I don't know about you kids. Uh, Dad, please, you know, that's about what they do. They just just get to the point. They just get to the point, amen? And of course, uh, we're not disrespectful to God. We're reverent to God and we praise him and we acknowledge his great titles and his worthiness, amen? But sometimes you gotta get to the point. Can you imagine if Peter would've tried to pray like that when he was sinking, amen, when he started to go down? Oh, thou that created the heavens, thou that flung out the stars and help us. He'd have, he'd have drowned, amen. He just got to the point. Lord, save me, amen. And that prayer got the job done. Amen. And hey, that's got. And so despite, because we got to remember, amen, God is grace. We pray to God the Father. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray through the Holy Spirit. Thank God the Holy Spirit can take all of our prayers that we mess up, and He can turn them into a way that pleases God and help us despite our shortcomings and our failures. Amen. To still get something through to God and get a prayer answered. So, hey, I tell him, hey, when you got time to be eloquent, hey, wax eloquent. Amen. But if you got a need, just cry and say, Lord, help me. Amen. And he hears that prayer and he desires to answer it. What a wonderful thing that is. So Jacob goes on and man, he goes down here and he gets love struck. Amen. Of course, and that's the desire of every young person one day uh, to get uh, love struck. Amen. Not struck, but amen, love struck. And so he goes down here and we look at verses 9 through 14, right? He goes and to where his parents told him to go. It says, and of course, he comes to the place, but we'll start in verse 9 of Genesis 29. and says, And while he yet spake with him, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them, it's even women, amen, Uh, do some work around there and it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel the daughter of Laban his mother's brother and the sheep of Laban his mother's brother that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban his mother's brother man he, he he just fell right away didn't he and Jacob kissed Rachel shame on you Jacob and lifted up his voice and wept and Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. So we here's where Jacob comes to Laban's house and he meets Rachel. So Jacob arrives in Haran and meets his uh cousin his uh, future uh, wife Rachel and so after rolling away a heavy stone which allowed her to water the sheep Jacob introduced himself and uh, tells him who she is and he takes her back to the house to meet dad so he meets Laban which of course is his uncle and ends up being his future father-in-law and Jacob agrees to work seven years for the hand of Rachel in Marriage, I tell you, Amen. women were more scarce than them parts, Amen. He had to work. To if a man's willing to work seven years, it's, it's scarce. They're scarce around, oh, Man, well, if I could find one, maybe I'll have to work three years. Ah, oh, maybe should I keep? Should I keep looking? Uh, but uh, man. But he was he was willing to do it. He begins, Amen. And here begins one of the great love stories. And of course, he ends up getting uh, frustrated. Look at verses uh, 21 through 26. And so, of course, he works those seven years. And Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in under her. And I like it where he says, man, those days, he loved her so much, those days were as nothing. Boy, you, man, you got to really be loved. love. Seven years seem like nothing. I don't know, man. I don't know. When I was growing up, man, a week was like forever, you know? Man, seven years. But amen, finally he fulfills it. And Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my days fulfilled that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid, for a handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this that thou hast done unto me? It's an uh, interesting story. Did not I serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore, then thou beguile me. And Laban said unto him, it must not be so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. So the deceiver is deceived. We see here, the deceiver is uh, deceived. And of course, Jacob uh, is furious, but he agrees, he agrees to work another seven years for Rachel. But he got a little wisdom by this time. Before he worked the seven years first, and then, right, he got married. He said, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna do it right this time. You give me Rachel, then I work." Amen. Uh, just putting a word out to young men, I'd go for that second choice. Man, if, that, if you got a if you, if you word, go for the second choice and uh, just, just, just make sure there. But he loved Rachel so much, he was willing uh, uh, to do it. And so they got married as well. So now Jacob has two wives and would gather two more, of course, uh, uh, the handmaidens. And of course, he ends up having, of course, uh, the 12 uh, children. And, uh, which end up being, of course, the 12 tribes of Israel, which we'll talk about. But from Leah came Reuben, who was his first son. And so there he said, you know, I have a son. And then second was Simeon, which means hearing, right? The Lord hears me. His second son. And then Levi, which means joined, it was his third son. And then Judah, which means praise, his fourth son. Then Issachar, which means he brings wages was his ninth son. And then Zebulun, which means dwelling, was his tenth son. So these came from Leah. And then there, there's a couple that came from Bilhah, which was Rachel's handmaiden. And so Dan, which means judge, was his fifth son. Naphtali, which means wrestling, right, it was his sixth son. And then from Zilpah, which was Leah's handmaiden, he got, she came Gad, which means troop, was the seventh son. Asher, which means gladness, his eighth son. And then finally, finally, Rachel had some children. Of course, we know Joseph, which means adding was the 11th son. Of course, we'll hear a lot about Joseph in the last part of uh, uh, Genesis. And then, of course, Benjamin, which means the son of my right hand, was the 12th. And then, of course, uh, they had a, uh, he had a daughter as well. So, following interesting inclusions may be drawn at this point. Half of Jacob's sons, here's what's interesting, right? Now, he said, oh, you know, it's amazing how God works things out. You know, people can do things, you know, we can, it's amazing how we can make mistakes in life or things that we didn't expect in life that if we'll turn them over to God, God can turn them around and through that still give a blessing in life, despite the fact that maybe uh, some things uh, might, we might think were messed up or things, we don't know why things happen that way. But what's interesting, if you'll note, right, uh, uh, what are, what are the, two, the two great tribes out of Israel? The two great tribes out of Israel. Well, Levites, right, the Levites, Right. They, they were the ones that got the blessing. Amen. For the tabernacle and the temple. Well, they were a son of Leah. And then uh, through which tribe did Jesus come? Jesus came through the tribe of Judah. Right. A scepter shall not depart from the hand. Right. Judah. And he was a, a son of Leah. So it's amazing, amen, how uh, uh, God can just uh, uh, turn things around that might be, seem to be uh, messed up at the first. But if we'll just, you know, take it, say, for whatever reason, God's allowed these things in my life and turn them over to him, that through that, uh, God uh, can steal great things, amen. He can, t- as we say, he can take that crooked stick and make a straight line and do things that we would have never thought of. So Leah also gave Jacob his only recorded daughter, of course, which was Dinah. And then Rachel bore him his two final and favorite sons, which, of course, were, J- again, Joseph, which we'll read much about, and then Benjamin. And, of course, uh, uh, the first king came out of uh, uh, Benjamin, but then David, right, the great king, was, again, out of the tribe of Judah. So uh, he, he works Right. And after the birth of his children, Jacob wants to return home, but is persuaded by Laban to remain for a while. And of course, uh, he's like, what, man? He's like, so, of course, he works for him a little while uh, for some for some cattle. And then after a period of six years, Jacob uh, becomes ends up becoming a wealthy man and decides to return home. And so he breaks camp, and of course we know the story. He leaves without telling Laban, and Laban finds out, and uh, and uh, and gets upset, and he comes and he confronts he confronts uh, 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 Laban, and so and then when Laban comes, he, he says, "Oh, you've stolen my gods." Of course we know Rachel did that, and of course she hides them, and so uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't he doesn't find them. So when he's confronted by uh, Laban, Jacob angrily denies stealing the image, images, unaware that Rachel had taken them, and directs a tirade against Laban, accusing him, right, of uh, uh, inconsistency and, and bad treatment for him while he was working for him. And so, at Laban's suggestion, the two men entered a covenant by building a pile of stones and calling it Mispah, which means the watchtower. And notice uh, Genesis 31, verse 49. Genesis 31 verse 49 they make a covenant with each other and it's and they call the place Mispah, and it says this for he said the lord watch between me and thee when we are absent one from another now it sounds like a blessing but it's not it sounds like he's saying you know the Lord be with thee, and you know if you just sort of read it lightly, the Lord be with thee, and watch over there while we're separated. What he's really saying, hey, <laughs> uh, 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 the Lord watch us, all right? Because he's really saying, you ever cross this line again, right? And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, 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 it's really a threat. But it's it's uh, it's you know put in a polite way. But he's really giving him a threat that hey may the Lord watch over us amen. Basically that you stay on that side of the line and I stay on this side of the line. So really, it's a it's a it's a it's a threat to Jacob. After all you've done. I just recommend you stay on that sideline, and I'll stay on this side line. Because if we ever meet up, the situation's not going to be good. That's actually what the context of that is. And so Jacob returns and we know uh, the great story. We'll, we'll read this, but we'll finish it last time. He ends up wrestling with God. Jacob is again ministered to by angels on his route homeward as he had been when leaving home. some 20 years before Jacob here mentions for the first time in the Bible, the armies of heaven. And that is uh, what he meant by the phrase God's host. So no verses, notice verses 1 through 3 of chapter 32. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahaniam. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, into the land of Seir, the country of Edom. So this host is composed again of angels. And of course, there's many instances where again uh, groups of angels uh, come and meet God's people and minister to God's people. Joshua was visited by the captain of the Lord's host. Elisha and his young servant were reassured by uh, the mighty army and the great host of angels that surrounded them to protect them. Of course, the Savior announced to Peter, right, when Peter wanted to take matters into his own hands at Calvary, uh, Jesus said, don't you know that I could call 12 legions of angels and that they would be uh, on, on the scene. So uh, the, the angels are God's ministers and they're always ready to do his bidding when necessary. David said this in Psalm 34:7: The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. You know, it's interesting to study angels in the Bible. The Bible talks about the way you treat children. For it says this about children for their angels do always behold the face of God, you know, uh, talking about children. That's where we get that term a uh, guardian angel. We sort of get that thought uh, from there. But the Bible talks about that. So angels are very interesting thing uh, to study in the word of God. So at this time, he learns the terrifying news that Esau, his brother, was en route to meet him with 400 men. And we'll look at this next time. But what's amazing? So Jacob, well, you know, uh, uh, he, he still comes up with another scheme. Well, it's kind of interesting? He puts all the animals, and and then his other children. He puts I think Leah's children first. That's real nice, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> Put the stepchildren first? No, I'm just showing. He puts those children first. that weren't a stepchildren. And then he goes on. Then he puts uh, 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 the handmaids, and then Leah, and then uh, and then Rachel, and he's the last one. I mean, what kind of what kind of husband and uh, father? That, But we see that God does a great uh, uh, work in his heart. And, and, uh, but, but what's amazing is, again, how many times we see Jacob trying to scheme something. We'll see it here. He's trying to think, oh, how, how, what's he going to do to appease Esau? He sends all these things before him, and then he, he comes out with a great gift for Esau. Uh, but yet, when he spends time with God right he finds out that God amen by the time he saw God there God had turned his heart boy that's a that's a that's that's, that's the best thing to do when you, when you when you're in a touchy situation and you're not sure what the results are going to be uh, make sure you spend much time in prayer amen if you have somebody to meet and you're kind of nervous about that meeting spend much time in prayer that's a good example of that and uh, you know I, I've seen that in the last couple of months uh, where I thought oh I got to go talk to somebody not sure how this This is going to turn out. Not sure what's going to happen, but spend time in prayer about it. And boy, by the time we got there, that God had already touched that heart or God had already uh, worked uh, in that situation. So we see a lot of good examples that despite a man Jacob being a schemer. Amen. We just see all the grace that God pours into his life. And again, that's another example that it's not about us. I mean, listen, uh, Jacob, he, he's the sub and he he does all these things and he's always scheming. He's always trying to figure it out and he keeps messing it up. But God keeps still showing great grace uh, in his life. And so, listen, it's not about us. Amen. <laughs> uh, we don't need to try and scheme it out. We don't need to try to uh, wiggle our way into this thing. Listen, God's got it all figured out. And that's what we see in Jacob's life, that God's got this thing planned out. We just need to be in his will. We just need to trust him. He gave, you know, just like he gave Jacob promises. That Jacob, you don't need to try to scheme this out. I've already given you the promise. I'm going to bring it to pass and god's already given us promises we don't need to try and you know uh connive it out and do all this we just need to trust him and he'll take care of us amen and so you know he said he was good on those that had God on those that didn't but let's try not to have any it. amen it's better to be like nathan even though god might be gracious if you are like jacob yeah, I thought i'd say it's better to be uh, like nathan let's pray